good Sunday morning and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Rise presented to you by the Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with none other than the boss BJ, the man that keeps the lights on, pays all the bills, take care of the guys in the truck. How you feeling this morning, brother? Hey man, I'm doing, doing, doing good, man. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get the blood pressure together to watch my bills today, so. Yeah, because it's going to be a bomb, Brian. It's going to be a humdinger. I'm going to tell you that now because that game, we're going to cover that game later on. I'm just trying to get some things set up that I didn't set up because I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. But uh, we're definitely going to cover that game later on. Um, we had a good game and then a blowout yesterday. So let's start with, yes, with uh, yesterday's game. First game up was Jacksonville visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs win that game. 27 to 20. Um, you kept me abreast of this game uh, all game. And one thing that you said was the, the Jaguars get kind of sort of gave this game away. They had a chance to win it, at least a chance to take control, and they didn't. Absolutely. And, you know, you you don't wish anybody gets hurt, but Mahomes goes down with – he got his uh, leg rolled up. I don't know if it was a bad ankle sprain, knee sprain. I'm not really sure. But he's out, and you know, you know, you're in Arrowhead, and this is when you have to take uh, advantage of the situation. And instead of doing that, they let Chad Henney come in and basically drive them what 97 yards to a touchdown. And you you can't do you can't let Chad Henney. I'm sorry, you can't let Chad Henney, you know, come in and drive them. 97 yards to a touchdown that was that was the flaw and then while Mahomes was out they couldn't put anything on the board that offense was just you know you playing you know a secondary with a bunch of rookies I just thought that uh they didn't execute well at all you know and they showed they showed they can you know of course last week coming back against the Chargers but you know yesterday they showed their uh inexperience in the playoffs now Looking at this at the stat line, looking at Trevor Lawrence, 24-39-217, a touchdown and a pick. Not really a bad game on paper, per se. Uh Travis ATN, 10 carries, 62 yards in the touchdown. Uh Zay Jones, five catches, 83 yards. Christian Kirk, seven catches, 52 yards. Evan Ingram, five catches, 31 yards. Something you said about Evan Ingram. Yesterday, you know, for a guy with all this upside, he seems so mediocre. And I agree with that. I, I agree. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, you know, and like I said, man, we, we just speak as fans. And, you know, you see this guy that could be so much more, being such much more of an impact. And it's just like, I don't know if he's not putting the work in. You know, I don't know what it is, but he's definitely, you know, definitely not living up to what he could be. And, and you know, that's just that's just a personal opinion. You know, that's you, you know, that's just what I see. Um, but yeah, Christian Kirk had a uh, he had a big drop. He had a big drop. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence hit him. That that should have been that should have been a, a turning point of the game. And you know, you look. People drop, you know, the Bills, Dolphins had both teams had big drops from 
all their receivers last week. You know, it happens. You know, you looking back into the sun, but, you know, it's just like those opportunities in the playoffs, you know, make or break you. That's true. That is true. And I thought that Mahomes, I'm sorry, thought Trevor Lawrence overthrew Kirk. And then I looked at the replay. I said, it hit him in the hands. It hit him in the hands, bro. How you didn't catch that? Hit him in the hands. If that, if that thing touched your hands, whether it's coming, whether it's coming 90 miles an hour or it's a floater, you gotta pull that thing in, man. Hey, that's John Madden rule. If it hits you in the hands, you gotta catch it. Gotta catch it, man. Got like I said, this this is in, in that situation, you're trying to take the steam out of arrowhead and the noise. You know, and I think that did affect them. You know, it's 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 like that for a reason. That Arrowhead is loud. Is uh one of the reasons why, you know, the Bills are fighting for number one, so they didn't have to go to Arrowhead this year if they made the the AFC Championship and had to play those guys. But you know, Arrowhead is a factor. That noise and you can't hear nothing, and you know, yelling and screaming, and now it's cold. It's not Jacksonville. It's cold. It, it makes a world of difference. That is true. Uh, on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes is 22 or 30, 195, two touchdowns. Uh, Chad Henney, as mentioned before, 5 or 7, 23 yards in the touchdown. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, 12 carries, 95 yards. Jerick McKinnon, 11 carries, 25 yards. Kadarius Toney, 1 for 14. Uh, receiving Travis Kelsey. Career high, 14 catches in the playoffs with 98 yards, two touchdowns. Kadarius Tony, five for 36. Juju Smith-Schuster, who in my opinion has been very, very quiet most of this season for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I thought he was going to be their number one, but I don't – he's not. I don't, I don't know why you even thought that. Him – the only reason why him and Chase Claypool got the attention they got is because they were on Pittsburgh. That's the only reason. These guys are slot receivers at best. At best, these guys aren't number one receivers. They're complement receivers for, and Juju's more physical, and, and Claypool is, is, is physical too. But these guys ain't taking over the game with 12 catches, you know, 143 touchdowns. You'll never see that stat line for that unless the defense is late and the referees make them start the game with no defense on the field. That's the only way you're going to see that. That's not... That's not these guys. Well, uh, they. let me ask you a question. We'll start with Jacksonville. Jacksonville's out of the playoffs. Uh, I've seen Jacksonville, a true Jacksonville Jaguar fan, say we're going to come back bigger and better next year. What do you think the one piece Jacksonville's missing? And anybody listening, anybody watching, what's the one piece that Jacksonville is missing that will put them over? the hump and get them deep into the playoffs. I mean, just one piece that'll probably get them to the AFC championship game again. Uh, a dominant pass rushing. They did that. I mean, even, and, and I, I forgot who was doing the broadcast when Mahomes came back in, it was like, do you bliss him? And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. He's hobbling. He's, he's going to get blitzed. Um, But nobody could get to Henning or, Mahomes, how many? Can you look and see how many sacks they had as a team yesterday? But it looks like you know. I, I know. Um, you know, I was looking for Josh Allen. You know, the Jaguars, Josh Allen, because he, you know, he, he's 
he's a force sometimes, but they, they, they couldn't get to anybody yesterday. They couldn't get to – when Mahomes went back in, when he was hobbling, they couldn't get to him. Um, when you get to these level of playing these teams, you have to have somebody that can get to the pass rusher. When we talked last week, we talked about how um, how, how Kansas City, you know, their defense has been made for a lead, lead, where they can sit back after they get that lead and they can – Unleash Chris Jones and those guys to go get the quarterback, and it's not and it's not as much pressure because you know what the team situation is. They have to pass to come back. And Jack, Jacksonville was kind of in that situation. They weren't down a ton, but towards the end of the game, they had to pass. Um, but yeah, they they need. I mean, the offensively, you can always add more weapons. Um, I think um, offensive line. If you can upgrade there, it was a play where Brandon Sheriff just completely missed. He just he did one of the uh, Madden glitches where somebody just ran past him, and he just he didn't even pick it up, which I thought was for for somebody supposed to be his caliber is inexcusable. But you know, any way you can upgrade that, get better players. I think offensive line, and if they could get somebody that can get to the quarterback, get pressure on the quarterback. On a consistent basis, you know, I, you know, I was watching, watching a young Buffalo yesterday, you know, without, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence doesn't run the ball, but they couldn't get through the pass, the, the rush, the, uh, the quarterback. I agree with that because they had no sacks. I'm looking through the, the box score. They had no sacks on the quarterback. No sacks. And you talking about when Mahomes first hurt himself, he, you know, he was out there hobbling. They could not get to him. He hobbled, jumped past. They couldn't get to him. Um, yeah, they they're gonna have to address that in the offseason. I mean, they spent the money offensively for Kirk and Brandon Sheriff and a couple other guys to upgrade. Um, they looked a little pale yesterday, and I think that's just experience on offense. Just couldn't get it done. But they're gonna have to find somebody that wants to come to Jacksonville and help them rush the passer. Mm. Here's my thing. <clears throat> Looking at Jacksonville, you may have to trade to get yourself a dominant pass rusher. You may have to you, – you, you need some uh, some beef up front. You need somebody that's going to be able to push the pocket up front, you know, because I, I watched Mahomes on that uh, that touchdown pass to uh, Marquez Vandale's, Valdez-Scantling. He stepped up into the pocket, and he ran into the traffic and just floated that thing over the top. Yep. That should have been a sack. That should have been a sack. And that I should have been a was. sack, a knockdown or something. Yep. I thought it was because I'm like, this dude's hobbling. You know, it, it's time to unleash the dogs. You know, whether you blissing, like, go get him. Yeah. Make him make a decision because now he can't do the other part of Patrick Mahomes, which makes him daily, is what you take off. Mm-hmm. He can't take off. Go send somebody to get him. Like, the crazy thing that killed me, which I didn't understand. Everybody that plays Kansas City Chiefs, especially now with the, without Tyree Hill, you know how dangerous Travis Kelsey is. There were plays where he was wide open, wide open. I, I just couldn't, I could not fathom why Travis Kelsey was wide open. I just could, it, it, it just, if anything, just like you do Tyree Hill, you should have somebody underneath and over top of him. If you could throw that ball and fit it in, cool. But we're going to have somebody 
for the underneath. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you to, I want you, when he's running his route, I want you to be facing Kelsey, not the quarterback. Wherever he goes, you just stay underneath him and put your hands up and have somebody over top so he doesn't go. I mean, you have to play him like he's a daily receiver and for him to be wide open as many times as he was yesterday. That's a failure on the Jacksonville defense, defensive coordinator, because it happened multiple times. It wasn't just one like big game play, you know, big, big play, no miscue. He was open multiple times. And Travis Kelsey is a dangerous receiver. No, no matter how you slice it, he is a dangerous receiver. It has been for the last couple of years. I'm just, I'm surprised you. Why the hell would you leave him open? You know, he took out a pass rusher, got open. He would find a place in the zone, sit down to get open. Yep. The dude's a beast, man. Now, speaking of somebody that's a beast, in their playoff debut, Jalen Hurts leads the Eagles to a 38-7 win. This is the Eagles team that everybody was scared of early in the season. If you had any doubts, was his shoulder healed? Go ahead and throw those doubts out the window because the kid threw some passes yesterday that was absolutely positively amazing. He was 16 of 24, 154 on the two touchdowns. Uh, they even got good running on the ground. Kenneth Gainswell, Gainwell, 12 carries, 112 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, 17 carries, uh, 90 yards. Jalen Hurts even had nine for 34. Boston Scott, six for 32. You, tell, you can't tell me they don't have the formula going. And they didn't even unleash the dogs on them yesterday. Devontae Smith, only 6'4", uh, 61 in a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, 5'58 in a touchdown. A.J. Brown, 3 for 22. Uh, 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 Zach, uh, Zach Pascal, 1 for 4. And Kenneth Gainwell, 1 for 9. They didn't unleash the dogs on the Giants yesterday because they didn't have to. Didn't have to. I think my prediction of... What Saquon and Daniel Jones is going to do, I think my prediction was so far off because I saw them running their offense a little bit better. Now, I'm not sure if you watched all of this game, but I don't think the Giants ran their offense the way that they should have, they could have. Nah, not at all. And then the, and the Eagles took um, took advantage of the, the, the miscues from the Giants. It, you just – you can't come out in a playoff game and be that flat and, and just – make the mistakes that they did early on. I don't know, Bradbury jumped the pass from Daniel Jones. And it just, it seemed like when it got to hit that 14 nothing, it took everything out of the Giants. Took everything out of the Giants. And then when it hit, when it got to 21, I, I kind of cut it all. I knew it was over there. It, the Giants, it was, it was just too much for them to come back on. And they, you know, they showed their inexperience yesterday. This is like, look, every team goes through this. The 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 um the Chiefs went through it. You have to learn how to win. You have to learn how to beat the big boys. You know, and don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts, you know, he isn't super experienced, but that Eagles team as a whole is an experienced squad. You you know, it, it, as a you know, you have your leaders on that team. You're at home and Lincoln Financial making all types of noise. You know, that, that that playoff atmosphere is deadly. And when you get down, if you haven't been there before, and that's why I say 
We'll talk about the Bills, but that's why I said the way the Bills have had to win this season, being down, having to come back. When you haven't done that all season, when you're cruising to these leagues like Minnesota, or you winning by a score, uh, the skin of your teeth, but you're not having to fight that that two touchdown deficit to come back. You haven't experienced that. When it hits you in the playoffs, it's like getting hit by a brick. By by the time you wake up, game over. You know, and and that's what happened to the Giants yesterday. They got hit in the head with a brick, and they were concussed and laying on the ground trying to figure out where they were, sucking their thumb, calling for their mom. And when they woke up, the game was over. <laughs> that's that's it. Just they got ran over by a freight train yesterday. And what's crazy is Daniel Jones didn't have a total meltdown. In his playoff debut, 15 to 27, 135 in a, in a pick. Saquon, nine carries, 61 yards. I don't think Saquon got the ball enough, but they were behind. They were behind. Daniel Jones, only six carries, 24 yards. That shows you that they did not execute their offense. And even being down 14 nothing, I think they should, still should have executed their offense and ran the ball, not eight up clock, but you're, you're more effective when you do what you know how to do. And those and uh, I, read options and quarterback keepers are, are what it does. What does it? And I think that you know, for at the way the Giants were running their offense last week against the Vikings, for them to have won, Daniel Jones would need to have accounted for probably at least two hundred and fifty yards of their offense with, with with him running and him passing. At the minimum, that's what it took for the Giants to be in that game. And they they, they just they just. They made the mistakes early. The Eagles capitalized on it, and then that that was where it ended. That they just couldn't. They're not built to right now to um, come back like that. They don't have the receivers. You know, they made you know you know the receivers stepped up last week, but they don't have the the firepower on offense yet. You know, and that's just something they're going to have to address in all season. Can we get um, a big play, big game? break open the, the the take the top off the defense receiver. You know, I mean just imagine if that team has Tyreek Hill, you think to yourself, shoot, shoot, all Tyreek Hill got to do is get a slant and they back in this game. They don't have that mm-hmm. guy. And what's crazy, you talk about a big play guy. And we talked about uh Isaiah Hodgins. We talked about him Thursday night. One catch three yards. Richie yeah. James, seven catches, 51 yards. Saquon Barkley, two catches, 21 yards. Nobody had multiple catches outside of Richie James and Saquon Barkley. Everybody else had one. They took away everything. Darius Slayton, I swear. I look at Darius Slayton and I swear that he should be way better on the stat sheet than in every game than what he is. You know, I expect him to get seven to 10 catches a game. And you would, have thought, you, would, you would have thought yesterday, with them being down, that that's that that's that fantasy stat game you love where Daniel Jones would have threw 55, 60 passes. You, you would have thought uh, Hodgins and these guys would have had seven, eight catches by default because they had to throw. But it, like I said, it, when you hit that, that wall, that playoff wall, and you get smacked in the face and shell-shocked, you saw two teams yesterday, different circumstances. I think Jacksonville just – they had their chance. They played okay. They didn't play well at all offensively or defensively. 
And for Jacksonville, you go in there and be like, look, we have some of the pieces. We might need to add a piece here or there. But yesterday, the Giants' defense got dominated, and their offense just like the the, the Philadelphia defense was like, no, you're not going to do anything. And that's where you have to be worried about, did we come out flat or do we have not, don't have the pieces? And I think it, for the Giants, it's both. You don't have some of the higher, you know, um, tier offensive pieces receiver-wise you need. And, and look, you know, there's a couple guys, you know, that Dave all bring from the, the Buffalo practice squad. And Hodgins is one of them. Maybe he breaks out. Maybe he breaks out next year and shows that he's that piece. But right now, if I'm going in the, in the offseason the Giants, I'm worried a little bit about the, you know, that and the defense because the defense had been playing good and been able to get to the, the quarterback. And for yesterday, they just look like a deer in the headlights. I'm going to ask you a question. We were talking about pieces for uh, Jacksonville. Would Brandon Cooks fit in in New York? You know he wants out of Houston, and Houston's looking to get rid of him, which they should have got rid of him at the trade deadline instead of holding on to him. But Brandon Cooks to New York to help out Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, and all those guys. I'm sorry, brother. I had to beat Junior. Can you can you repeat that for me? Brandon Cooks to New York. Do you think that'll fit to help them get that game changer? Because you know he doesn't want to be in Houston. Now he doesn't want to be in Houston, but Houston – if you don't want to be in Houston, Houston makes sure they can keep you in Houston. So, I mean, it depends on what – it depends, man, because you're in a situation now where, you know, you lost you lost a guy you, or you traded him with uh, Kadarius Tooney. You had a, a, a over-the-top speed guy. Um, I forgot who that receiver was they bought over. The Giants did, but I don't know, man. I don't know if it's Brandon Cooks is the answer or you can look, you know, sometimes running to get other people's players isn't what it is. Draft, do your homework, draft, build on what you got. And like I said, maybe some of the guys you have on the, on the, on the roster now at receiver, maybe they take that next step next year. Maybe, you know, Isaiah Hodgins is ready to show he could be a number one receiver, you know? But this is a team that has now this this is what we what we fail to realize. And I just I said something's not something something's missing. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. These are two players that's not in any box score in the last couple of weeks. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're injured. But MC20, yeah, Sterling Shepard's injured. He tore his ACL. So he, he he's on injured reserve. He'll be back next year, hopefully. Um, Kenny Galladay. What has Galladay done this season? What has Galladay done? I don't think he's done too much of anything. Drops. Um, missed four games due to injury. Through week 13, only had four catches for 51 yards and had fallen out of favor for Isaiah Hodges and Marcus Johnson. And yeah. he just signed a contract for four years, $72 million. They can't – I mean, they could probably trade him, but they can't cut him. That cap hit's going to be fucking terrible. Hey, man. 
they'll find something to do with them. I mean, once you fall out of favor and you're in the doghouse, you know, uh, you know, we don't follow the Giants you know, news media and stuff because probably listen to the radio and stuff. You probably know why he. Oh, you we could probably search and find out why he fell out of favor. But uh, I know they had a stat. That's who it was, Kenny Galladay. I was thinking of. They had a stat teasing, saying he needed seventy-six catches to make his uh, roster, his bonus on his roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I read it. I was like, oh, he has seventy-six catches. No. Came up again, I was like, oh no, they're teasing him. He needs seventy-six catches this game to get his bonus. I like, oh yep. okay, so he's been super unproductive. Now here's the thing. You could, you might not even have to get Brandon Cooks. All right, Sterling Shepard comes back. He's healthy. Kenny Galladay gets his head on straight. Then that means you'll have Marcus Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, and Richie James. And now, did I say Marcus Johnson? You got six, you'll have six receivers you can rotate in and out. But if Kenny Galladay, you know, players have off seasons, you don't know what's going on with them mentally, you don't know what's going on off the field. So we have to look at it like that. You know, he may have fallen out of faith, but you don't know what's going on off the field. You don't know what's going on in his personal life. And I'm just, I'm not taking up for him, not making excuses, but mental health is real. It you, absolutely, you got, it is. absolutely. You got to start looking at it like that. It's got to be something. And maybe he needed some time away. He comes back this off season, shows up to all the workouts and he gets his confidence back. And all of a sudden he has a hundred catch season next year. and the Giants get to the NFC Championship game. See, that's that's the steps. You go from not being in the playoffs to making the playoffs, maybe getting the upset win and getting to the division when you wasn't even supposed to get past wild card round. You tell me anybody that had the Giants outside of you and the Midnight Rider had the Giants beating Minnesota last week. Nobody was saying that. Everybody was saying Kurt Thuggins this and Kurt Thuggins that. The Giants made it to the divisional round where they weren't supposed to be. Next year, the Giants might revamp, come back. They might make it to the NFC Championship game and lose. The year after that, they might make it all the way to the Super Bowl and lose. And it might be two years after that, they might be in the Super Bowl and they, they're they the number one team in the, in, the, in the league and they're knocking people off. They're knocking blocks off. You know, we got blue ball wrecking crew all over again. Don't know. But sometimes the catalyst for a great season starts with a playoff loss. I've seen it happen. Yeah, absolutely right, man. It's all about taking steps. And, you know, you get some teams that, you know, they go from, you know, building and having the right pieces and making that run, you know, like Tampa Bay did when they got Tom Brady. But, you know, that's Tom Brady. But when you're building a team – and your team is inexperienced. That's why I say Jalen Hurts isn't super experienced, but the team as a whole is. They have veterans on that team. Um, but when you have a young team and you're trying to teach them how to win, you know, and then you have you you when you when you're playing the best of the best because now it's not you not you don't have the Cleveland Browns on the schedule, you know, easy win. You know, when you get to the cream of the crop, when you get to the division. When you get to the NFC Championship, AFC Championship game, this is a mistake that calls you the game. Not a mistake, and you can you you can fight back, or you're you're playing Week 14 and get them again. And sometimes when that happens, and you don't have that experience to 
kind of get yourself together. You only have, when you make that mistake, by the time you get to the sideline, you have to move past it and be ready to go to the next thing and be ready to, you know, take that mistake and be like, all right, if the defense or the offense can get it back for us, you know, we're back on track. And if you you hold on to it, game over. Mm-hmm. It's that quick. It's that quick. It's not, it's not, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, think about this for, and, and, and it's, you know, I know it's supposed to be like that during the game, during the regular season, but it, the playoffs is a different animal. You saw yesterday, those two quick, the, the mistakes by the Giants cost them a game. They were out of the game in the first quarter. That was it. The, the Eagles threw the haymaker that, you know, that haymaker is, is, is a 50-50. You land it, your opponent's gone, out. You miss it. And all of a sudden, you're reeling, and you, you got some counter punches that you weren't expecting. They landed the haymaker, you know, and they just took off. And that's that's what the playoffs are about. NBA, NFL, NHL, different animal. Tis true. Tis true. And we talk about opponents. Now, the Chiefs are sitting in Kansas City right now waiting to – on the winner of today's game at three o'clock, the Bengals versus the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, the line for this game, which is brought to you by FanDuel, which all our lines come through FanDuel. Um, hopefully one day they'll look at our tweets and start sponsoring us just a little bit. You know, five dollars here, five dollars there, a couple free bets, a couple parlays. You know, we won't ask for much. But uh, the line is Buffalo's a five and a half point favorite. Over under is forty eight and a half. Um. I'm going to throw this one to you because this is your team and this is uh this is this is where you make your bread and butter because you watch this team you know what's possible so boss take it away if 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 the buffalo bills play like they did last week um then the cincinnati Bengals will be going to kansas city um i don't know I'm just trying to think of what how I want to say. I, they they've been making a lot of mistakes on offense. They've been a little sloppy second half. That I, I want to say the Green Bay game was a turning point where this offense just got a little sloppy, a little careless. Um, but here from here on out, and Sean McDermott told him that when they got into the the locker room after the game last week, can't play like that no more. So, and I said to myself, the only team that can beat the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills. You know, um, I, I I expect this to be a, a close game. Cincinnati, those three receivers can start on any team. One, two, and three. We coach Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins could be a number one on anybody else's team. So you got three number one receivers out there. So luckily for the Bills, they got Tredavious White back, you know, some weeks ago. I think he's probably finally in game shape. You had uh, Kyrie Elam make a big play. You know, they're as healthy as they can be right now, minus Micah Hyde. Um, I'm thinking that if the Bills do win today, I think Micah Hyde will be back next week for Kansas City in a limited role. But this team, I think the, the home field advantage, I think that's as – What's going to help them play? This was going to Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati be the favorites. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, 
if you're a Buffalo Bills fan and you watched the the Ravens Bengals playoff game last week, you're you you were you're kind of happy because they struggled with the Ravens. Now the Ravens have a way better pass rush than the Buffalo Bills, and way better secondary pieces. They're they're healthy. So I mean, you watch that, you know, you watch what what the Ravens did on offensively. You're you're happy with that because Buffalo is superior to Baltimore offensively. You know, better quarterback, even with Lamar in there, better quarterback, better receivers, um, uh, offensive line. I will give the Buffalo Bills offensive line last week. They played a hell of a game. Um, but I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to come down to a Tyler Bass field goal. I don't think either team is going to be able to stop each other. I really don't. I, I really and, and I hate to say that with the Buffalo defense, but they just don't have a pass rush. And I think saying that, the Bengals are missing two starters. I think that might be the only thing that helps Buffalo get to Joe Burrow. If they blitz, you know, some of the guys that's there, Russo got to have a big game. Ed Oliver got to have a big game. It, it's big game from here on out. Your players that you know, Russo, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, uh, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Josh Allen got to account for 300 yards of offense. It just is what it is at this point. It, it is Superman at this point. You know, and the same the same goes for Cincinnati. Joe Burrow got to put 300 yards up, 250, 300 yards up. Jamar Chase, seven or better catches. It's time for the big balls to shine. That's what this is right now. And you go in Buffalo. I don't know what the temperature is going to be today. I'm pretty sure it's going to be cold. But I'm I'm gonna take Buffalo. I think I think Cincinnati covers that number because I think it's going to be a field goal. I really do. I think it's going to be a field goal that wins this game. It's going to be like that 24-27, 34-31 type game. And you know I'll take the Bills today. Well, let me throw this out there to you. As far as the temp in Buffalo at 11 a.m. this morning was 34 degrees. And we have a chance of precipitation today. So we may get some snow flurries flying around. Uh, I agree with you that this game is going to be close. It's over under is 48 and a half. It's going to be over. And I'm as I'm listening to you talk, I'm saying, you know, hey, this is 41-38 Buffalo, in my opinion, at this present point. And I'm not worried about, and I don't think Buffalo should be worried about the hell with what the next game is. Focus on this game. Don't worry about Kansas City. Don't worry about the AFC Championship game. Worry about getting out the divisional round. All your focus should be on the Bengals. What do they like to do? And speaking of that, you got to worry about the quote-unquote Billington board material because with the scenarios, if Buffalo wins – the neutral site is Mercedes-Benz Superdome in the land. And they've already sell, you know, told both teams to start selling tickets. And, you know, I understand why, you know, because you, you have to do that it, it just for a just-in-case. But for the Bengals, that's disres- you know, you could take that as disrespect. Mm-hmm. And that's something the Bills have to worry about, too, coming into this game. And then the other factor is, too, the last time these teams met, DeMar Hammond had a cardiac arrest on the field had to be revived. And I wonder if he comes out today to kind of show both teams love, you know, have that moment. 
Uh, I, I think this will be the perfect setting if he's healthy enough just to come back and be like, you know, hey, last time I saw y'all, I had to be revived, taken off the field in the ambulance. I just wanted to come show both of y'all love, not just the Bills, but the Bengals too, because they were a big part of that, and show both of them love, even if it's he doesn't have to come out to the field. Just come to the locker room. Come to the locker room, you know, give T. Higgins a hug, dap up all those guys in the Cincinnati locker room. He's already come to the Buffalo locker room, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. So that would be something. That'd be another factor too. But you got to be careful that bill bulletin board material. And I know Sean McDermott has, has talked to his guys about that too. You know what's crazy is <laughs> absolutely crazy. I think Cincinnati would go crazy in a good way just to see him. Just because he, they say he's been at the facility. Every day, every day he's been out the hospital, he's been able to, he's been at the facility, you know, not doing anything, but he's just been at the facility. You know, they don't want him in meetings or anything like that. And I'm like, damn, that's that. I mean, when you love something and it's almost, you know, everything's almost taken away. You, you, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going up to the facility today, you know? And I think Cincinnati would love that really and truly. Um, and to the point that you said, uh, the neutral site. They're talking about doing that for the championship game from now on. I hate it. This year was a, cir a special circumstance, but doing that every year, a neutral site for a conference championship, and then you already got a neutral site for the Super Bowl, I hate it. I absolutely, I wanna, positively hate I, it. I want to say something. It'll get the show canceled, but I'm not going to say it. Okay, I'm not gonna say it. Okay, make sure we'll text it to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll text it to you. But we just we talked about this. I think we talked about it off air. Um, the fact that the Super Bowl has to play be played in nice weather and a dome that's not football. Mm -hmm. That's not football. If your if your city can handle the dynamics of hosting a Super Bowl, because that's what it's about. Do you have the infrastructure? Do you have the hotels? Do you have the the, the 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 the? Can you handle this influx of people? You know, and certain cities cannot. And I think Buffalo is one of those cities that even if you wanted a Super Bowl at Highmark Stadium, you can't handle that influx of people. You don't have the infrastructure. Now, Kansas City, probably. You know, would you like to see a Super Bowl at Arrowhead? That would be crazy. You know, would you like to see a Super Bowl, even they they don't deserve it in the nation's capital? You know, they the crazy thing is the nation capitals have they have the infrastructure, the stadium's garbage. That's mm -hmm. a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. But for somebody to, to suggest that these NFC and ASU championship games, you're you'll never can you imagine Buffalo, let's say they had the number one seed and the damn uh, uh championship game is in Detroit because they can't have it at home. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of coming to Arrowhead, going to Highmark Stadium, having to go through Cincinnati, having to come through Baltimore, having to go through SoFi Stadium, even though 90% of people there are not watching the game, <laughs> doing everything else, you know, having to go through these stadiums, having to, you know, Miami got a team that, you know, when they're healthy, they could, you know, have a, a AFC championship game, go through Hard Rock, you know, and, and you just Jacksonville. You know, having to go through an AFC championship game there, Lambeau Field. Like, you take all that away for no snow, 
So what, what is, what's the temperature in the dome? 68 degrees, 70 degrees, perfect? 70 degrees, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Nobody will. No, that's not that's not football. That's not football at all. You, that's not football. You, I think about it. And let's think about past championship games, past AFC, NFC championship games. We can go all the way back. If they had it at neutral sites back in the day, that means we would have never got the seat cushion game, which is one of the most famous games in Redskin history. We would have never got the seat cushion game in uh against the uh uh, uh, uh the, the Falcons. And we would have never got the uh that championship game out in San Francisco in the rain. Where it had rain and the field was really, really muddy. We would have never got that. We would never got the the ice bowl. We would have never got the uh what was that? The game in uh, three rivers where the field froze over. We would have never got any of that if you would have had them at neutral sites where the weather is perfect. And I agree with you. I've said that about Super Bowls for years. Having Super Bowls in areas that, you know, in domes and everything, I get that. You know, you want it pretty. Whoever get the new stadium, you know, you want to go and you putting money into the city because they pay for the stadium. I get that. But everybody does not get that. You did it at, at MetLife Stadium. And people complain, oh, it's too cold. We're gonna have to move the 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 uh the Super Bowl because it's gonna snow. No, you play the Super Bowl in snow. What are you talking about? I don't get it, man. But this ain't the Pro Bowl. If you want a vacation, stop move the Pro Bowl back to the week after the Super Bowl. That's what you do. But they stopped doing that because they moved the Super Bowl back so far. Because the season starts later. Now, see, this is yep. where the Mandela effect comes in. Because people don't remember this. The Super Bowl used to be the last Sunday of January. It was either the last Sunday or the next to last Sunday. And then you had two weeks. You had the, the Pro Bowl the first week of February. The first weekend of February. Then after that, you had NBA All-Star Weekend, which is the second week of February. That was three weeks of sporting events because that was the high mark of sporting events. Then you had baseball players reporting. You had everything going on at one time. Now you still have two. You still had that weekend between the Super Bowl, but you put the Pro Bowl in there and it's played on U.S. mainland instead of Hawaii. That was the whole reason everybody went to the Pro Bowl because it was a vacation. It was a vacation to go out to Hawaii, spend the whole week out there with your family other players family y'all just sitting around just chilling and, and meeting some of the greatest stories i've ever heard came out of pro bowl week uh, uh when warren moon and warren moon warren Sapp apologized to jerry rice for tearing his acl and he said that i went up to jerry and jerry was like don't say it it's all good he said but you got to go over there and talk to my wife he had to go talk to jerry rice's wife and see if it was all good and she said it was all good, so it became all good. These are things that come out of Hawaii, okay? It don't Pro Bowl don't seem to say nasty and turn into flag football. I mean, it was already two hand touch to a certain degree, but now it's, it's it's a farce. We don't even need that anymore. It's 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 just it's all bad, man. It's the way the NFL is going. It's really becoming a soft league on so many levels you don't want to play in this type of weather you don't want to play in that type of weather you want to play here you want to do this you want you're taking away the home field advantage in the playoffs 
we got to stop this. We got to, because you're going to lose fans. But moving on. Cowboys versus Niners out in uh, California. Uh, Cowboys are three and a half point underdogs. Over under is 46 and a half. Um, boss, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to say the Cowboys don't have a chance, <laughs> but if San Francisco hits on all cylinders, like they have been for the last seven weeks, the Cowboys dead in the water. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, the, the, the Cowboys are in a position, you know, they have to play a perfect game. They have to play a perfect game and, you know, they have to hit first. They have to hit first and and kind of get San Francisco playing from behind. And, you know, the crazy thing is, even if you do that, San Fran has weapons everywhere. You know, and if you get Brock Purdy playing like he's been playing, then that unit moves up and down the field with no problem. But just like anything else, just like I keep saying about Dallas, Micah Parsons has to have he has to be so disruptive that they have to pay attention to him. I mean, they got to do it anyway, but if he gets to the point where they got a double team, that's going to free up other guys, and you got to get to Brock Purdy. And it, it, it's, this is the formula for any team. You got to get to the quarterback, and they they have somebody in, in Michael Parsons that can get to the quarterback on a consistent basis, but, and it might not be sacks. It might be pressure. Make that mistake. But the, the Cowboys, if they want they want a chance at this game, they got to be firing on all cylinders today. Well, it's kind of hard for the Cowboys to fire all cylinders because I said it last week. They played pretty good game against the Buccaneers. Only bad part, Maher missed five extra points. Or was it four? Four or five, whatever. And I, I was looked at as a madman, as always, because I said that Dak Prescott yelling because he missed five and you yelling to go for two. Poor leadership. They showed a, a, a mic'd up clip of CeeDee Lamb telling Maher, we still behind you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll get a next one. We still behind you. That's leadership right there. It is. It definitely is. It's. Look, you know, don't get me wrong. You you have every right to be frustrated with, you know, with if Dak throws an interception, you worked on the defense to get that ball back. Dak throws an interception, gets it right back, and y'all back on the field. You know, we're human beings. You have every right to be upset and mad, but to, vo- you know, vocalize that when you've dropped the ball so many times, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of head-scratching to see. And then to see the C.D. Lamb clip, like, you know, you just said, it was – was good you know it was like hey that's not costing us right now and, you know when you know i said when he missed the third one i said it's, it's mental now it's mental now and luckily it didn't cost him the game and you know i know that when he come out today if you know if they need him to kick a field goal that first field goal if he can make it and just get that monkey off his back you know just, just you know just to start the game because i even though he, I think he made one. Even though the, the eye, all eyes are gonna be on him when he hits the field, if they have to kick a field goal, extra point, whatever. So just to kind of get that, 
you know, all right, move on, talk about something else. You know, I think that'd be big for him. I'm going to take the Cowboys losing this one, 24 to 20. I think it's going to be 31-20, 31-21. I think, I think San Francisco has one of those big, or a couple of those big Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Haymakers, and, and Dallas is playing from behind. I think you're going to see Dax probably throw 40-plus hands today. But it's, it, I, I don't think the Cowboys have enough. You know what? If Dak happens to throw a pick, I want to see Brett Maher get up off the bench, slam his helmet down and say, hand the ball off, hand the fucking ball off. I want to see him do that. I want to see Dak see how that shit feels because nobody says anything when you fuck up. Nobody. Nobody says a word when you fuck up. But you came at that man like that instead of pulling him to the side and telling him, don't worry about it. We're going to go out there. We're going to get you another chance. We got another one. And you know I love to play devil's advocate, and we don't know. We we sh- we we see what the media shows us. We don't know if Dak said that to him. We don't know if, if after the first or second miss, when Dak said, "Hey, he's struggling. Let's just go for two. We're not getting points anyway. Let's just go for two. And it could have been frustration from him voicing that. Maybe he already talked to Mar and and, and be like, "Hey, man, don't worry about it." Don't worry about it. We're going to take the pressure off you. Let's see if we can go. just go for two. Get yourself together. We good. We, we got this. We're, show, we're being shown what we were being shown. So I know, you know, you know it, it looks bad, but at the same time, we don't know if the other half happens. And that's all I'm saying. Mm, that's true. That is true. Uh, now, this is a classic matchup. As I alluded to earlier, the NFC Championship game, from what was that 92 cowboys and and san fran i want to say 93 93 was uh green bay and and cowboys 94 was cowboys and san fran because they beat the cowboys to get to the super bowl this is a classic matchup and this game has made some stars but this game has been one of those when you see Cowboys San Francisco, this has been one of those classic battles, one of those classic matchups. And I think you're going to see a classic today. But long as you got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy may continue on being the guy. He may continue on just, what, this will be win number seven he wins this one straight? I'll take it. And I'm just not – I didn't think the Cowboys were going to win last week. Well, earlier this week. I didn't think they were going to beat Tom Brady and the Bucks, But Tom Brady and the Bucks did not come out as Tom Brady and the Bucks. They came out as the Yucks. <laughs> so I got the Cowboys losing this one, you know, because I got a meme already loaded up for when they do lose. I'm just – I'm good with that. But Cowboys go down in this one. I say 24-20. The boss BJ says 31-21. Uh, but either way, we're going to take the over on this one. And San Fran will cover. So we've come to that part of the show where it's time to wrap that shit up, B. Any final thoughts before we get up out of here, brother? How much, man? It's, um, 
you know, it's, it's for me as a Bills fan, it's it's Super Bowl or bust. I know the season has been trying, but I'm just not interested in a good season no more. You know, four straight Super Bowl losses, 13 seconds last year. So it, it has to be Super Bowl or bust, and it's going to be a tough road because you got a tough game today. If you win this one, you got to go fight Kansas City. If you win that, you got to probably play the 49ers and the Eagles, you know, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough it's, it's going to be one of them Super Bowls that have an asterisk that say, this bitch was tough right here. Yeah, so that that's that's all I got, man. Here's, here's something crazy. You said this, I want to say about midseason. You said I wouldn't be surprised if it's Philly and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. And the Midnight Rider just joined us. Wait a minute. You said I wouldn't be surprised if it was Philly and uh Buffalo in the um in the Super Bowl. And I told you off air earlier this week, I said, man, do you understand the amount of boohoo crying that would be done if Buffalo wins the Super Bowl? Because that that's with you know every everything with every now second largest comeback in the playoffs ever. There's the full Super Bowl losses. There's the Music City Miracle, 13 seconds. There's all of that. But that Super Bowl win would erase all of that. But why did I why was I worried about Buffalo? And this is this is the half glass empty guy. Why was I worried about the Buffalo Philly Super Bowl? Worried about losing to all NFC East teams. In Buffalo the Super would Bowl. complete the cycle, and I think that would be the first time ever a team has lost to all division or all the division opponents. Yeah. Midnight Rider, we thought you'd be at brunch about now, drinking uh, bottomless mimosas, man. How you feeling? <laughs> good, good, man. We had a quick turnaround to come back. Um, I just wanted to hop in on this Dallas game real quick. Um, I know y'all covered – the first game, uh, Cincinnati Buffalo. I think Cincinnati goes in and steals one in Buffalo. I don't mean to break any hearts or frustrating people in the room, uh, but it, Buff Cincinnati like they just had something going special that night, um, that Monday night game. So if they get that same energy, I think they give Buffalo problems. And Buffalo's had that one or two turnovers lately to, to struggle in these games. Beyond that, Dallas San Fran. Um, I think I'm going to San Fran. I think Purdy's going to struggle a little bit, but I think Dak struggles as well. And the defense is picked up in this ball game, and it's going to be tight. I don't, I don't have my numbers in front of me, but um, it's going to be a good game. Mute. Damn it, mute button wins again, again at this week. Dallas is three and a half point underdog. Over under is forty eight and a half. So we took the over in that. We took the over all the way. Yeah, I take the over in that as well, and then I would take San Fran in the points. So I think it's gonna be one of those weird four point wins mm-hmm. where Dallas will have to drive to get a touchdown, and then that somehow either makes a play and messes it up. So we get a week of um, is Dak Prescott elite? Dak is the Black Kirk Cousins. We get that storyline. Well, you know, a year ago, what was it? It was a year ago today. They had no timeouts, and they called the QB draw. Right. Yep. See, now, my thing is, 
don't give a damn what the coach said. I don't give a damn what you're thinking. You got to have clock management. You got to have that internal clock in your head to know what down is, what you need to do. You scramble sideline to sideline until you can let that thing fly. Somebody got to get open. Dak does not handle himself very, very well in big situations like this. So if it comes down to a final drive and they need a touchdown, Dak Prescott throws an interception in the end zone. It's just who he is. I'm talking about CeeDee Lamb standing there wide open. He waits. Instead of throwing him open, he tries to throw a dart, picked off. Game over. Two kneel downs, we out of here. Bye-bye, Dallas. And I'm trying to break hearts with you that. Better, you better, you better, you better hope. Because you, you're in boxing. You better hope Dallas don't go in there today. Oh, I'm, I mean. on going to the NFC Championship game. But, but see, here's my thing. And I say it all the time. Dallas can win a, a, a wild card game easily. Easily. The games that they should win, they, they, they should win them. The games that they shouldn't win, they can't win. You know, it's like it's always some sort of excuse why they can't win. But if Dallas comes in and they they shock uh they shock San Fran, I'll be surprised. I will be. If Dallas goes into the NFC Championship game and makes it to the Super Bowl, I'll be surprised. Will they win the Super Bowl? Nah. They not So should I So I just want to I do you want cuz I just I like to prepare do you want me to go kill a crow now? Or do you want me to wait <laughs> later and then have so you can have it fresh? I just, you know, just want to pay. So if the Cowboys are sitting in the NFC Championship game, I just want to make sure you have what you need. Fresh crow or you want, do you want the crow to be like a day or two old? You know I like my crow fresh and you know I need enough hot sauce to eat it. I got you. Okay, okay. And this is one thing. I don't have a problem eating crow. But I've said it time and time again when a couple of years ago when the Cowboys were three and oh and they were play they played three doormat teams. It was Washington, the Giants, and somebody else. It was three doormat teams and they beat them handily. You're supposed to win those games. Oh, we them boys, we them boys, we going to the ship. This our year, this our year. I'm like, y'all been saying that for almost the last 25 years. Stop it. You haven't arrived yet. Whenever I say that, what happens? Dallas falls off. I said it this season. Dallas, you haven't arrived yet. Stop thumping your chest like you've already won a Super Bowl in the last two years. You have not arrived yet. What happened? They come to Washington and they lay an eight and get their ass handed to them. Now, last week, they came out. They beat a, 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 a Tom Brady-led Bucks team. May have been a fluke. May have been skill. Either way, they won. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what it was. They won. You coming in this week going against a hot San Francisco team. You play that dumb shit and you lollipopping that ball across the middle, San Francisco is going to make you pay for that. And Dallas will be at home on the sofa because the uh, the Vikings brung chips and salsa last week. The, the Cowboys, they lose, they in charge of sodas. And we don't want no Mountain Lion and, and, and Dr. Fizz and nothing like that. We want the name brand shit while we on the sofa. Okay? Y'all in charge of that. That's all I'm saying. I have very, very little faith when it comes to the Cowboys and playoffs because since 1996, they've shown 
the games that they should be winning, they can't win. They lost to a Jake Plummer-led Arizona team in the playoffs. I remember three five and eleven seasons. I, I don't believe in this squad. I don't. I don't. They got talent in places, but they don't never use the talent when it's time to use the talent. That's how I feel. That's my diatribe about cow, the Cowboys. I'm done. Okay. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, it's going to be real fun. Because there's too many people I know that's on both sides of the fence in these four games. So, actually, I don't know a Cincinnati fan. That's the only one I don't know. But, yeah, this is going to be fun today. Mm. And I, and Midnight Rider, I agree with what you said. Because, you know, the, the trend Buffalo had, and it's, it's worrisome as a Bills fan. They have shot themselves in the foot. You don't have no toes left. They've done it every game. Um the last four or five weeks going dating back to the regular season they have shot they have shot their toes off i think they probably got three toes left you know now we're getting down to the the base of the foot and the ligaments and stuff you can't do this every game and it's not a switch this is a problem in buffalo i don't know how to solve it but if 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 they do it again today cincinnati going going to uh, arrowhead that's it's that simple it's that simple i don't know how they stop it I don't know how they being stop being so careless, but we'll find out today. Well, yeah. Buffalo, go ahead and punch the ticket. I don't like it. I really don't like it. And if it came down to it and I had to choose, I'd rather Kansas City come to Buffalo next week. You mean Atlanta? No, I'd rather them come to Buffalo. The hell with Atlanta. I want them in Buffalo. Buffalo, I, I, I just I don't like I don't like it. I don't like it. No, it's just a scenario for this year, so nah, yeah. uh, not so fast, my friend. They are talking. The talks have started beginning of this being the thing for the championship games. Yeah, you um, were saying it earlier. Yeah, hated it. I think we said that like two shows ago. We were talking about yeah. that. Yeah, here's the problem. You're taking away from the fan bases that have earned team has earned the right to play at home. What is what's the what's the saying when you're the number one seed? The road to the Super Bowl goes through said city. It can't go through my city if I get to the championship game and I gotta travel to the Midwest. I gotta travel to the South. I gotta travel all the way out west for a championship game. You can't say that. The road to the Super Bowl comes through Buffalo. You can't say the road to the Super Bowl comes through Washington, which I hope it will one day. You can't say that if you're making me move. You're taking away the whole dynamic. Not only that, you're cheating my fan base. For those that can't make it to the Super Bowl, can't afford it. The NFC, AFC championship games are your last game of the season and especially if you're a season ticket holder you're taking another ticket away from me i don't like it i don't like it at all well that ticket though is a separate ticket because that's part of the playoff package not part of your normal season ticket package um and then what was your the first point you were talking about um Going through the city, you, uh, the Super Bowl yeah, yeah. has to go through the city. 
so here's my theory on this. I think we've we're at a point now where the world is so transient or transient that um you will find fans of teams everywhere. So I think that's part of the thought process. Like it's no longer that you were born in DC, you root for Washington. Those days are dead and gone. I don't know why people still try to um portray that that whole scenario. It's just not happening. Fans of gonna be fans from wherever because you have so much more access now than you ever had to teams before. You got ESPN, you got ESPN2, you got The Athletic. You have so many ways to follow a team that there's no way that now a kid that's 10, he can go to YouTube and watch any game, any time he wants of any team he wants. He's not stuck looking at Channel 4 waiting for um, George Michael to come on with the sports machine. Those those days are dead. Those days are done. So, 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 like, I think what the NFL is also trying to take advantage of is you got fans somewhere else that haven't seen their team play. So, what if we can get those fans here to the game, and then we get some other fans from those areas, and then they they get to watch a game? But I can pay, a, I can charge them a little bit more, and maybe the venue seats a little bit more than their stadium seats, and we get a bonanza. Then now think about it. we're going into TV rights. So we're arguing about TV rights. So all this stuff plays into play. How can, if I can guarantee you a championship game not affected by the weather, you won't take it. That's NBC, not football. NBC, hold on. NBC, Fox, and all those other places, they will take it. That's not football. Never played in the cold weather city. And that's not football. It used. We had a Super Bowl played in uh, Minnesota before. Indoors, though. No, nah, we've had it played outdoors. We've had ones played in Detroit outdoors. No, I'm sorry, not Detroit. Um, it was I can't think of where it was, but it, it, the weather was shitty. The field was muddy. That's football weather. That's football weather. When we had the the, the Super Bowl up in MetLife, that's football weather. We had a blizzard coming in on that Monday. That's football weather. We can't keep doing that. We can't keep shitting on the game. You can't just a, a comment. If you don't want to play in the cold, in the heat, in the rain, don't play football. Go inside and play basketball. Go play uh, 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 ice hockey. Hell, go play baseball where they have rain delays. Go play something else. Football is not for you. That's a gladiator sport. Anytime, anywhere. Only time, only thing that ever can postpone a football game is lightning that's it that's it just my opinion but we got to roll on the body here fellas so any last words uh uh midnight rider before we take this thing off all i got is just let's enjoy some football today get your your favorite snack i know right now i'm about to call sardis Go get me a nice chopped chicken sandwich. Douse that baby in the, the green sauce. Get my little fat kid in before the games get started. I'm, I'm ready to go. Give me a nice, I'm going to give me a Peroni. I don't want Stella today. I'm going to get a Peroni. Get a nice six-pack of Peroni. Something dark. I might get a little Jameson and just call it a day and watch the games and enjoy, man. Well, you do that. I'm about to hit these streets. Uh, All right. <laughs> I'll be back in time. For the night, at least the night's game, but I'll be back in time. But for the boss, BJ, that's the midnight ride. I'm the big guy, KG. You know the motto. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here.